0: If you have never experienced childbirth, well, I guess everyone's experienced childbirth, but I mean the birth of your, uh, your uh, own child, then maybe you don't know what, what I'm talking about, but um, if God blesses you with that, then you are in for an incredible worship experience. And if you have experienced it, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the labor. That's not so much the worship part. The worship part usually kicks in when the baby comes into the world because then it's like, ah, this is what we are waiting for. God has blessed Maria and I with uh, three amazing children. We just had our, um, our baby boy Zephyr uh, just this past November, November 27th. And, and it's incredible. Even after two children, having a child reminds you, like, wow, I had forgotten... How incredible this is, uh, this, this new life. You know, uh, you think of the, the touch of a newborn baby, the, the silky uh, touch of their skin, so smooth. And, and, you know, you could compare it to, to uh, something else in life. You know, maybe you've touched silk before. But when you touch a newborn baby, it's like nothing you've ever touched before. The awe that you experience when your eyes connect. You know, these tiny little eyes open up for the first time And uh, and maybe they get scared because they see you. You're like so excited. You're like, ah, I'm your dad. And uh, I'm sure my kids look at me. Whoa, put me back in, right? (laughs) However, the experience, there's something amazing about seeing eyes opened for the first time. You're like, this is it. This is the real deal. The butterflies that you feel when you hear them cry for the first time, you're like, it's the first time it's used its voice box. And you can hear its beautiful noise and it's comforting too because you, you know that it, it is, it's, uh, it's healthy. you know oh, it's, it's crying. That's a good sign, right? And, and you get excited because you don't know what, what, what else will this voice do in this lifetime? Will it be a televangelist? Will it be uh, an incredible public speaker? Will it be a mentor to somebody? You have no idea. right So you're just anticipating the distinct, beautiful smell that a child has that I can't really describe to you. A newborn baby, just the, the smell is, is like nothing you've never smelled before. Just this freshness that, that's just so, yep, you are a brand new human being. It's, it's special. It's incredible. The child has done nothing to deserve your love. And yet you find yourself crying, overwhelmed, with the love and joy that this child, that you have for this child in its entrance into the world, this is me, and this is you. When we experience Jesus Christ in our life, when we accept Him, this is us—the newness, the birth. Jesus talks about this birth. He talks to Nicodemus in in a, a chapter John, chapter three, verse three. He's wondering, he's inquiring, what is this whole uh, being born again deal? Because how in the world are we supposed to do that? Like He's thinking literally here. And, and, and Jesus says this. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is a huge deal, this, con- this concept of being reborn. Last week, Pastor Ike outlined the importance that Jesus has on, on our identity. I'm going to suggest that our identity is lived out by being a new creation. And we're going to take a look at that a little bit more. This is the effect Jesus has on our lives. Your identity must be founded on this, this, the foundation of being new, being made new. Because believing that you're just a revised or an upgraded version of yourself, that doesn't, that doesn't work. And there's a lot of reasons why, why that just doesn't work, mainly because if you want to present yourself before a holy God, and you have this sin, this, these bondages that are sort of sprinkled into your life, you can't, you can't be in the presence of a holy God. However, um, I'm not going to reiterate what uh, Pastor Ike said last week, but... Jesus changed all that. Through, through the lens of Jesus, we are made holy. And God, and God accepts us because he sees us through the lens of Jesus. In order to make things right with God, we need to be holy. And so that's why accepting Jesus into our heart is so important. It says in Colossians chapter 122, it says, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death. To, pre- to present you holy in his sight. Without blemish and free from accusation. <sighs> I can't wait till Pastor Willie uh, speaks on the identity aspect of freedom. Because freedom is written all over this. Through Jesus we are made new. We are a new creation. In Second Corinthians chapter 5, 17-18. This is what I'm going to be focusing on right here. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. It's dead. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God. Now that's important. Sometimes we forget. Is this from me? Is this something that that I myself did? No, 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 no. This is all from God, who through Christ reconciled. This is one heavy verse. Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What does it mean to be in Christ? It says, um, it says if anyone is in Christ, it is referring to us being united in faith, that we're connected to him, that our life sources from him. And we see countless um, things that, that sort of uh, lay this out a little bit more beautifully for us, like in uh, John chapter 15 2, it, it says that we are the branch and he is the vine. We are connected to Jesus once, once we accept him into to our, our heart. The word new in the Greek is uh, kainos. It's K-A-I-N-O-S. And it has it's a nice, hefty Greek word. And it's beautiful if we unpack it. It'll give us some perspective. This is what it means. The Greek word kainos means recently made, fresh, recent, unused, unworn and in respects to a substance this is what it means a new kind unprecedented novel uncommon and unheard of these are the things that god labels us with once we accept christ that's what it means it's not just a better you it's not just an upgrade from ios 6 to ios 7 or ps3 to ps4 For those of you who aren't gamers, those are all game consoles, it's not the newest version of smartphones. This is a totally new product. Never heard of. It's uncommon. You're unprecedented. You're a new kind. That's exciting stuff. This verse implies something powerful. Something that must shape the way we not only view ourselves, this verse has to rock our world and, and so, that, so that we're able to now, through this lens, see everything that encompasses your life. Not just yourself. That we look behind, that we, that we see with Christ's eyes. Because we are a new creation. We have to see with new, fresh eyes. Now the flip side to this concept is that once this new life emerges, something dies. You can't have one without the other. Once this new life sprouts, the old has to be cut off. If a family member dies, or someone close to you, obviously, you don't keep their, their body in your house. They're not going to have conversation. They're not going to um, contribute to anything. Whatever made them them is now a, somewhere else. This is just the shell that they used in order to communicate what they were. Okay? In Romans 6, 8 it says, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. Now these two things are synonymous. If we died with Him on the cross, then on the flip side is we also get to live with Him. What I'm about to tell you is probably one of the most difficult verses to allow it to sink in and to, to, to play out, okay? And I'll explain to you why. Because when something dies, the nature, the tendencies, the laws, the habits that once lived inside this creature died with it. Whether it be moral Immoral, whether infidels, whether speculative believers, whether sensual, whether polluted, no matter what it could be, when a person becomes a Christian, that experience, um, that you have to experience such a change, the only way to describe it is to say this is something totally new. This is a new creation. The change that happens in your heart is such that it is compared to the act of creation itself. Okay? Put more weight on it. When you see, when we read Genesis, we we see God speaking. He's breathing uh, things into existence. They had a beginning. His breath told molecules and atoms and subatomic particles exactly where to go. Just in his act of breathing. Like we think, wow, that's awesome. Not only is that awesome, but that same breath is also in, in you. When you, uh, when you become a Christian, that same breath creates this new, this newness in you. Yet so often, we keep our dead bodies around, don't we? We keep the deadness. We have a hard time severing that relationship. And I understand. One of the biggest conflicts with this is when you accept Jesus, let's say you struggled with I don't know, let's pick on lust. You're still lusting. It's like, I still struggle with lust. Yet, when I became a Christian, isn't that supposed to end? Like, I'm, I'm new, I'm fresh, I'm reborn. Yes, you're fresh, you're reborn. However, you are still in subjection to, the, to this earth. You are still in a sinful context. So those things are still there. However, by the grace of God, they're wiped out. So it is a constant struggle. But don't ever downplay the newness that Christ has given you. And don't let that ever be an excuse to revert back into that lifestyle. The change that happens in your heart is such that it is compared to the act of creation. You are made over again. Yet so many of us, like I said, keep those dead bodies around. Living in hate, whether it's fear, whether it's regret, Like I said, lust. And so, you fill in the blanks. Those things were dead to you. They were dead to you. Keep them dead. Keep them buried. Don't dig it up. Keep them buried. I'm going to uh, do a bit of an object lesson. Because people like me are um, visual people. And sometimes I need to just see it in order to make it click with me. So let's pretend... Right now, these are two timelines, okay? The top timeline represents your life, okay? Now, this timeline, your life is in subjection to whose life? Adam's. We follow suit with Adam, Adam and Eve, right? And so, like Adam and Eve, we had a beginning, we had a beginning point. We were born, right? So, this is your life. You were born. Somewhere down the way, you learned how to ride a bicycle. And then you fell. And then you got back on and whatever, right? Later on, you know, you, you, um, you became a teenager. Monumental. You're not thinking concrete, sequential, now you're thinking abstract. And you're noticing girls and boys. Maybe uh, you start uh, taking interest in one. Maybe you start dating. Maybe you get a job. Actually, let's, uh, maybe you want a job before you start dating, or else, <laughs> or else you may not get married, right? <laughs> so we don't know. Anyways, my point is that what happens, you live a life, you know? Hopefully the biggest thing that you do on this timeline is accept Jesus Christ as your head chief in your life that dictates everything that you do. Because you're compelled by his love, right? And eventually, like Adam, we will die. However, there is another option. Jesus Christ. Let's say that this is Jesus Christ's timeline. Okay? Jesus does not necessarily operate on the same with the same laws that we do. Now let me unpack that a little bit. For instance, Jesus does not have a beginning. Right? So let's say this just goes on forever, for eternity. Jesus does not have an end. Okay? So let's, I know this one has an end, but let's pretend that keeps going. Okay, so, now this is Jesus' timeline. And you say, well, he was born. And say, well, yes, he was born. But Jesus, of course, we know, being uh, part of the Trinity, is, is God. He was God incarnate. So technically, he has no beginning. He has no end. Right? So Jesus would have went through some of the same milestones that we went through, learning how to walk and stuff like that, but you can all agree with me the most pivotal part of what Jesus did on earth was this. This changed everything. This changed everything. The cross. Now, when scripture says that we are in him and he is in us, and if we die with him, We will also live with him. These are very powerful implications. What that means? You don't abide by those anymore, by that timeline. You have now inherited this timeline. Okay? What does this mean? Why is this important? Well, it has very strong implications. Has a tragedy happened in your life? What's happened in your life? You go through something tough? Have a hard time forgiving yourself? Have broken relationships? What timeline is that on? This one. This timeline. But we're on this one. So technically, that's done. Now I'm not saying that if there's unfinished business, broken relationships, I'm not saying that we don't don't fix that. But we fix that being on this timeline. The cross changes everything. And so often we don't we don't highlight that enough maybe it was you that did the uh, that did the hurting maybe you're having a hard time forgiving yourself what timeline are you are you speaking are you speaking on are you are you thinking as if you're on this timeline or are you thinking as if you're on this timeline because as christians we get very confused with this we need to understand that as a new creation this This is done for. It's done. Bury it. Keep it dead. God doesn't care what you did. When you repented, that doesn't exist in his books. He erased it. And if anyone can do it, it's him. You are living on this timeline. You are covered in grace. And you have freedom. So live in it. Someone paid with their life. God paid with his life in order for you to have that freedom. And yet we would betray that freedom when we keep reverting back to the deadness, we keep reverting back into the things that keep us separated from God. As a Christian, we need to embrace it, live on this timeline. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and, if, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live and the body... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's heavy stuff. If there was ever a portion of Scripture that you could have and party over and celebrate over, that's it right there. This has celebrate written all over it. So often we think of terms of sacrifice, when we think of the cross, you know, when we, and, you know, Easter's coming up and we're thinking more or less of the, the morbid aspect of it. And yes, it is so sad that Jesus died, but man, he died for a reason. We need to, we need to celebrate, we need to get excited. These things are worth celebrating. And the greatest tragedies. I think our church faces that we've lost the ability to celebrate. I think if the world were to see how much we would celebrate over this idea of new creation, they'd be like, wow, I need to go check that out. What's what's the big deal? Man, I got a lot of stuff to tell you. This is what Jesus did in my life. This is what I was. This is what I am. All the things, all the regret, the hate, the the pain that I experienced, that's gone. God. And now I get to be and live in the fullness with purpose of Christ's timeline under his grace. You know, I look across this room and I'm, and I'm humbled because I know some of your stories and, and, and I know some of the pain you've gone through and I, and I, and I saw how you emerged or are emerging right now. On this timeline, and that 's awesome, and so i 'm going to be doing something a little bit different today, because I believe that example is always so much more powerful than just speaking in terms of theory. you know these charts and everything. this is all very well, and it 's good, and it does to a certain extent. But when I was preparing the sermon, I wanted to jump to this opportunity to celebrate. Just a tiny little window of some of the testimonies that exist in this church. And I know and I apologize, I, I know we could pretty much have this whole church up here presenting a cardboard testimony that that emits the power of what it is to be new creation. The contrast between the old and now the new.